Hello and welcome back to the Public Eye Business Podcast brought to you by Granite Exchange. I'm your host as always Sarah Travers and throughout this series I'll be speaking with local entrepreneurs and business owners to learn more about how their companies have come to be, to gain insight into their growth and find out crucially how they continue to innovate. So wherever you get your podcasts from, remember to keep an eye out for all new episodes and subscribe to stay up to date. Well, today I'm joined by Tonya Kidbegs, creative director and founder of Stories Parfum. Tonya, that's the first time I've said parfum on the Public Eye podcast, but welcome. Thank you so much, Sarah. It's great to have you. you in the studio and I have to tell everybody listening to this today, the podcast studio smells absolutely <laughs> divine. So before we begin, I'm going to give a little bit of background on Tonya and her business. So if you read about stories, it says this. Stories Parfum it is, is an olfactory ode to the memories that have shaped founder Tonya's life. It was only after a transformative trip to the heart of perfume making in Grasse, France, that Tonya realised the power of fragrance to heal release and transcend tragedy. Spurred on by this discovery, Stories Parfum was born. Using the best raw materials and time-honoured traditional methods, Tonya created each fragrance to capture a moment and unlock a memory significant to her. Each bottle is a narrative woven together by a carefully orchestrated balance of notes and as the name suggests, it is a story in aromatic form. Oh, Sounds so poetic, it sounds doesn't so poetic. it? What, what a journey you've been on as well, Tonya, and congratulations on realising your dream and Thank on you. your business. Thank you. Um, it's quite an emotional beginning for this uh, business for you. Do you want to tell yes. us a little bit about it? Yeah. So let me start off with telling you who I am. As you said, Tonya Kidbegs, I'm the founder of Stories Parfums. So I'm mum to four and I have a husband, of course, um, and we are the first Northern Irish niche fragrance house um, to be born. So The first Northern Irish? Yes. Niche. Well, how did you even realise that? Had, had Were you looking to start this up and you... And you realised there was nobody else in the market? Yeah, no, not at all. So what actually started out as a hobby actually led me to grass in the south of France, as you do. Um, go to the south of France looking a hobby. Um, so my, as I said, I was a mum to four kids. My youngest two are twins and they had, were just getting up a little bit in age. And I thought, OK, I want to do something for myself. I was a stay-at-home mum and I thought, OK, w- fragrance has always been something that connected me to who... Um, who people who matter to me, places, and even to my grandmother, who sadly I never met. Um, but I grew up thinking I did know her because I knew her favourite scent. Mm. So I, I love luxury beauty or beauty full stop. Doesn't have to be luxury, but the niche fragrances was always something, and fragrance was really good, you know, important to me. So I thought, what do I want to do? I want to learn how to blend. So I thought, where do I go? So Grasse in the south of France is the hub of the fragrance world. And I remember watching Perfume. perfume. Yes, the film. Yeah. That's where it's all set. Yeah. So, um, and it's a beautiful little village uh, in in the south of um, France. And that's where I'd started. I thought, I thought I'll go there, look for a perfume house or independent perfumers and just say, look, okay, this is what I want to do. I want to create a bespoke fragrance and I want to learn a little bit about the art of perfumery. So 
why did you go in the first place? It says a transformative trip. Why did you need, what was the calling? Yeah, so the calling was a hobby. So what actually happened there was what, I had a significant experience, which actually led me then to launch the brand. Um, And what that was, I had had trauma in my life when I was 12. And sadly, I didn't have any good childhood memories prior to the trauma. It had overshadowed But um, my life spiralled out of control for many years um, after the trauma. And um, in my 20s, I had to do something about it. And I went through counselling, very successfully took away the root of the trauma and my life balanced out. But sadly, I didn't have any childhood memories still. And the counselling was so good that actually I went on to to, um, train as a counselling practitioner and really focusing on inner healing and the effects that, um, you know, of trauma can have if left on unhealed. And um, but sadly, still no memories had resigned the fact to that, Okay, I'm not going to have any. So I'll just carry on with my life. But that changed when I was in grass Um, because unbeknown to me, our sense of smell is the most powerful connected to our memory bank, which is actually on our in our base of our brain. Gosh. So that was the pivot of it was really epiphany. I literally sat on the plane on the way home and went. I want to start a fragrance brand and I want to tell people my story because not only can it happen to me, it can happen to any one of us. So the the moment, did you actually start to smell different scents and notes and did you start to remember? Yeah, so I'll tell you what, actually, when I went through counselling, I actually, my sense of smell completely changed. And I remember out walking the dogs and everything around me was like magnified. And I, I always say, I wonder, is it because you just get rid of all that crap, if I can say, mm-hmm. stuff that you're carrying around for many years? And then all of a sudden, uh, you know, I was stopping and smelling things completely different. And I used to have this one smell that used to envelope me. And I remember this was over 20 odd years ago. I thought if I could ever bottle that scent and I didn't know what I was smelling, I would try to do it. That became stories number one because I just worked as I went to create something very bespoke for me to try and bottle that memory. But then when I went on to make stories number two at the same time, which I hadn't planned to do because but I had had this such significant experience, that's what it was when I completed the fragrance in its in completion that I actually was able to um, take be taken back to a childhood memory immediately prior to the trauma. And I was in my grandfather's garden with my grandfather and father who were watching over me. And it was so significant. And I mean, I sat back, you sit at a perfumer's organ, you've all these notes around you. And I had completed my fragrance. And I just thought, wow, that has just taken me back to pre-trauma. And the first time that I had a childhood memory that was really positive about my childhood and what were those scents that you were capturing and remembering so one of the things that I do in stories and I find very early on is that we all have preconceptions about fragrance and when I was went to grass I had in my idea I didn't like this I didn't like that and I had all these um, thoughts um, that I what I didn't like and what I wanted in and I worked with a beautiful what's called a nose a past a, a master perfumer and she um I said to her, I don't like this and I don't like that. And she looked at me and she didn't speak very good English. I didn't speak French or Russian, obviously. And um, 
we uh, we just really connected over this this whole olfactory and you have all the 200 bottles sitting at a perfumer's organ Gosh. and they're all around you and you don't know what you're smelling so you have to pick each one individually and smell them and what you do is describe how does it make you feel do you have a memory do you have a and I started to get colors and shapes and pictures which I didn't realize was a thing and um, and it was when I was sitting doing that that I um, and I got I had told her originally I don't want to use vanilla and she had given me about a couple of hours we were still working and she hands it me on a, a perfume blotter and I smelt it and I started describing it and writing it down and she says do you like it and I says oh I do I love it and she goes well that's vanilla oh. <laughs> and I had gone with the whole that's idea crazy. that I didn't like vanilla so I quickly realized okay I don't want to focus on ingredient and um, because I didn't know what I was putting into the bo- the fragrances that I made um, because you blind test it I then thought right okay how many of us go into a store and we walk by, we look for a specific fragrance we think we like, mm-hmm. and we walk by all the rest. And we don't give our time, or, or, or a space or time, to stop and try other fragrances. So or we think, because we've smelled one particular smell, or there's something that you just just doesn't agree with you. Like for me, I'm not a big patchouli fan. Mm-hmm. Um, I used to think that I, I, I didn't like it. And then somebody did exactly the same to me and let me smell something yeah. with patchouli. And they said, but that's patchouli. I know. Now. Oh, but yeah. it's so distinctive. I um, know. But we grew up in the days, uh, if you remember, in Belfast and all the hippies and the heavy metalers yes. all recovered from head to toe patchouli. in patchouli. patchouli. That's what the, the I know. Put, put and me off. Yeah, but I quickly realised, okay, when I create and blend, I'm not going to concentrate on what I think I like. I'm going to put it together. And it's a bit like a blank canvas, like a painter. So what you do is I I work away on my own and I blend and I put all my top notes, heart notes, back notes. My fragrances have 20 different notes in each, so it's very hard to define it. But what happened to me then when I put it in completion the memory comes back immediately then. Is that right? Yeah. And then you know you've got the perfect yeah. formula. And I and I said a, li- a couple of drops of this or what? what totally. <gasps> you mean you just, you have your top notes, which are all the very, um, your citrus, all the very bursting forth ones, but they're created to disperse in about half an hour to, to actually release your heart notes. So actually, if you were to concentrate on what you wanted to create, you're missing out. It's just like a blank canvas. Work away and then kind of... And but I know, I, I totally get this now because uh, scent is actually, I think it's it's my favourite sense. And I totally love when you get that nostalgia. Yes. Inhale of something that is yeah. just nostalgia, whether it's the pipe, which would have been my grandpa, yeah. or my granny's perfume was an A&A or a Nisa yes. whatever way you say that. And yet when I smell that now, it's you're sitting back on their lap. Totally. The Max Factor powder puff. I remember her makeup, uh, Gay Whisper it was called. Yes, and I smell amazing. that and I just smell her. So yeah. isn't that so interesting? But I've totally. never thought about it before that no. to create the perfect perfume, you're actually appealing to something, a memory. Yeah. And uh, many times do we walk into a room, like you're saying, and you, you have a smell and you're transported back in an yes. instant. And you, so it's so uplifting. It's nearly like deja vu. It really is. You're just taken back into that absolute. And that's what happened to me when I was in grass. It, I was just taken right back into this memory. And I left and I just went, wow, this is amazing. It was so significant. And I thought, do you know, 
this can if this if this is a scientific fact, which it is, because our sense of smell is the most powerful connected to our memory bank. If this can happen to me, it can happen to anybody. And I literally sat on the plane on the way home, right home to my husband and said, I'm starting a brand. And he looked at me, obviously with four kids and him. <laughs> and I knew that if I was launching it, I had to go to London because I wanted a luxury niche fragrance brand. And that's what I did. I arrived in London with my little brown bottles from the laboratory. This podcast is sponsored by Granite Legal Services, a niche business and immigration law practice located in the heart of Newry City. Granite Legal Services provides legal advice to both individuals and companies alike across a wide range of industries, from employment, commercial or corporate law matters to immigration law. Granite Legal Services focuses on providing legally sound, practical advice to its clients. To get in touch, visit www.granitelegalservices.co.uk or contact 028 3026 2200. I think my naivety actually was, it was the power behind everything because I arrived at PR companies and I said, this is what I have, this is who I am and this is what I want to do. And unbeknown then, again, to me, it was when you arrive at a PR, they expect the full piece, mm. they affect the bottle, the packaging, the yes. story. And I mean, you know, coming from Northern Ireland where everybody knows everybody and is really kind of helpful, I thought, gosh, I will never find this in London. And I did. I find people who just said, I love this. Let me introduce you to somebody else. Ah. And that's how the door started open. Just people loving what I had, loving the story and saying, let me help. You needed a little bit of money behind you. Yes, you do. And, you know, we it's completely self-financed wow. um, to date. Um, ideally, I would love the brand to scale a lot more quicker. And I would love to, we're actually opening into home fragrances the later this year. I have three more fragrances sitting waiting but to scale the brand, you need budget. Our budgets are so yeah. tight. So you do need a little bit to start with. So you went to London, you went into the PR company, you got introduced to who? So I, in my first day was I went, had about four or five PR companies all set up and I went to one to one to one. And um, I then was introduced by one PR company to a girl in London who was a consultant. And that was probably the best investment that I ever did was not being afraid that I didn't know anything uh, in this industry. And she said to me, do you realize that fragrance is the most oversaturated category in the beauty world? Really? And I was like, no. no. <laughs> and she said, well, okay, because of your passion, I'm going to help you. And she said to me, like, it's my least favorite category fragrance because it's so competitive because you're coming up against the L'Oreal, the Lauders yeah. and all that so but she and do you know sometimes I sat and it was just like a sponge I had to take in information understand because I had no understanding I didn't know how to price a product you know the whole back end of a business there was so much you know to do so and did you get any help at all with any startup um, so Ad I advice and support. Yeah, so, so Invest and I were great at the beginning. So my first probably year, um, it was great that they were able. I became a client of theirs, and they were able to help me with marketing and PR, um, and and that was great. But so, sadly, in the high, in the in the grand theme of the cost of everything, it's so min so minute. 
But mm-hmm. as long, you know, those little... You had to start things, somewhere. You have to start somewhere. And, and it's um, the connections and the networks, totally. which previous guests have actually said are, totally. are absolutely vital and knowing who you can trust. Yes, absolutely. Um, so where are you with the business right now, Tonya? So we have, we launched three years ago, 2018, via direct-to-consumer, via our website. And, um, you know, I did put, we, we did a brand, beautiful brand film and, um, you know, I took it very, very seriously. Um, but in 2019, then we launched into Harvey Nichols, Fennec, and then Fortnum and Mason as well. So that was kind of a reality. Oh my gosh, we're sitting now in beautiful prestige um, retail, which was absolutely fabulous. And um, but I did not think that they would be interested in a very small brand with two fragrances and a, a body care line as well. But they were, and um, I'm still sitting three years later with two fragrances and the same body line. And I suppose for me, what I have learned is that it is okay. You know, we seem to think we need to scale yes. this brand up and have so much next? selection. But actually, you know, there are, there is a place for in, indie brands, independent brands as well. So at the moment, we're still direct to consumer. That's where I really want to focus because it is a founder-led brand. I'm at the forefront of it. I, you know, I'm still go out onto the shop floor. I do lots of different things and I want to remain to do so. Um, I do want to bring in more fragrances and, as I said, introduce the candles. But right at the moment, it's, you know, you have to just go with what you've got. So, And in those beautiful uh, stores in London, um, and as all you've been told and you've shared with us, it's a hugely saturated mar- market. Yeah. How do you differentiate yourself? Yes, you've got the two um, br- uh, products. But how do they hear your story? Do they buy into the story? Do you, do you get to be able to tell that story? Is that what excites people? Or do you find that the stories appeal to people from home more? No, all across the world. We are, we're actually in Netherlands, Germany, Canada. We're really starting to expand it, the globe. And it wasn't actually something that I had planned to do was share my story because it was a very the past was very tangled and <laughs> and it was yeah. very difficult mm-hmm. but when I did and I, I all went on to share you know with young adults who've gone through trauma and similar situations so it, I was very happy to share my story it never held me back but when people saw the, the, the how this came from the heart people really wanted to hear so I we do share it we share it in our retail we've started doing um file when in lockdown we did um zoom and we had private like VIP maybe sent classes and I got to take people through a really I have a very unique way as I said we don't concentrate on the the ingredients but it's how does it make you feel and it's all about okay connecting to your own story because we've all got a story to tell Um, and you know giving people a place to actually explore fragrance their sense of smell and be taught differently to what they may have had before so we have been able to bring something really unique to the shop floor that they've never had before and because everything's about the tobacco or the floral or the you know the ingredient but it's actually we're turning it around and saying okay forget about that that's secondary let's concentrate on how does it make you feel so it's uplifting it's mood enhancing it's all that you know there's a well-being aspect as well to it so we look at all that and we're able to bring that to shop floor and bring it through our retailers and online 
Now, as you said, you started up a couple of years before the pandemic. And I know for me, if I want to try a scent, it's about going into a place and spraying it on my wrist or in a little card and wafting it about about and seeing how it reacts to my skin and how the scent lasts and all of those things. But you couldn't do that. No, we couldn't. But thankfully, I always knew from the beginning, going to be direct to consumer. So we had spent time building our website. Um, and that, to me, was f- fabulous. We grew, I think it was about 370% in the first year of lockdown. So did you do testers? We did. Ah. So that was one thing we we had done prior pre-lockdown. And thankfully, we did. Because I knew, my idea was, you cannot make a decision of a scent as soon as you spray it or what you read because a tobacco fragrance in one fragrance is completely different in another so you have to take take it and put it on your skin and that's what I really focused on so I was you know was delighted that I could actually vocalize this okay take the sample home or spray it in the shop go for lunch let it develop Mm -hmm. Because fragrances are created in such a way to adapt on your skin over hours. So it's not even, um, you know, so the first half an hour you'll get the mm-hmm. top notes, but then the heart notes will come through. But and I then love even when you're in bed at night and you, you can, can still get a little yes, waft. And yes. that's your back, the back the notes. Back notes right. So actually, I t- the sampling was always something we were very strong it must cost a lot, though, to sample. Everybody wants samples, and that's probably something you had to really kind of knuckle down and say, are we going to do it? If we're going to do it, we have to We have to invest in this. Yes, it is. And being a niche fragrance brand means it's artisan methods. They're all done by hand. Yeah. Um, there's a master perfumer in the midst of it. So even though I create everything by hand, then the master perfumer um, does the whole balancing. And then we do it in small, sh- small bulk. So we don't... We, we, we don't scale and the other generic brands are pushing out loads of brands and they use synth- a lot of synthetics where we don't we balance our synthetics with natural so it is a huge investment let alone our, we have three different size bottles as well which are all refillable which is great for sustainability purposes but then the sampling alone cost us of so much money mm. so we have started doing a redeemable so you buy your fragrance you get two samples for 10 pounds but you then get that off the bottle of your choice as uh. well because you can't just keep no Pushing no. them out. No, and I and I that was an issue during uh, lockdown. I know I was. I love perfume and I yeah. love trying different things. And it was always difficult if you couldn't get a sample. But I definitely, um, I, I find it difficult to read something. And I'll read the reviews and all of those things. And you know, reviews are really important too. People, yeah. people will read something that's got a five star review, but then read all the way through. And then when they say, if you like this, you might like that. And if you know, yes. it's so powerful. It actually. is. It is. Um, Describe, if you can, after me just saying it's very difficult to do that, describe one and two for us. If I was going for one, stories one, what would that be like for me? So I, because it's completely story-led, number one, it represents for me coming out of that hard place into a a lighter place, so coming from the dark to the light. And when, because I, when I had that sense of smell around me, enveloping me many years ago, I did not know what I was smelling. So when I bottled it and I put all the ingredients in and then I looked at what I put in, everything resembled uplifting, you know, every note that was in there resembled a a part of my personality, which was even more 
astounding at this power that fragrance can have. So stories number one, it's got the citrus notes that bursts forward at the beginning and you've got your orange blossom and your grapefruit and then it's got the um, it's got heart notes of your um, amber and then we've got vetiver. Now I, you're asking me and I'm going okay what else what all is, is in there? That sounded pretty but impressive. You know no, you were, I, was, I was there I was yes. imagining. But it's a very um, it's a very citrus, fresh and then woody dry off. So if somebody was to make a decision on what I've described um, that would be a very poor description but uh, you know when you spray it it smells that freshness mm-hmm. but it'll then dry out to be beautiful woody mm-hmm. smell a muskier smell yes yes number two that's what you're wearing it now. is yes so that's, that's really really distinctive I could actually smell all around I knew yeah (laughs) I'd smelt this one time before and I came out of the podcast studio with a previous guest and thought Tanya's arrived (laughs) you were in the building yes what's it reminds me of sort of grasses or something or or outdoors or but uh, what am I saying I know that's probably completely wrong so I'll let you describe it well do you know I laugh because you said about patchouli and it Uh, is one of our back notes uh, and I thought you know if you had known that that was in it you might not have actually gone for it but um so the thing about it is we all smell differently Mm -hmm. so as I said about this blank canvas and a painting you know if I go into an art gallery and I look at something I will take something completely away you will go in and take something completely different away from that painting also Mm -hmm. it's the same with fragrance so hence why I don't focus too much on what's in it but because I sometimes will put on that fragrance and it takes me right back to my grandfather's garden and it's got the Bulgarian rose and it's got the cardamom spices Mm -hmm. ginger spices there's definitely a spice in that yeah Um, and then we've also got the tonka bean and you know there's all this coming through patchouli um, and, but it reminds me of he used to have a, a river at the base of his garden and we used to play in it and the wet leaves etc and the, and the roses etc around so that's probably what I you're think getting that's that. what it is the but, rain or something yeah but even though that when I created that fragrance it reminded me of my father and grandfather and they both smoked pipes uh, mm-hmm. And that tobacco mm-hmm. pipe mm-hmm. smoke, that honey tobacco pipe smoke, is something. There's definitely a lingering yes. pipe. Yeah. Yes, yes, um, lovely. But then I can put that fragrance on going out at night and feel completely different yeah. and not have a thought about my grandfather or father. <laughs> so that's you know it has this real power to really just change as you wear it. So. Here's the thing, like I tend to, I, I, I love a perfume and I can get really attached to it, but I find it really hard to find a new one that I love. And then I love another one for a while and then I go back yes. to the original because if I smell that one, I think, oh, I wore that all through my teens or I wore that one at, at university and it's just lovely. It's like all part of your life, isn't yes, it? And absolutely. What do people say when they start wearing and they fall in love with your perfume? Well, one of the things you mentioned, it was reviews. We started this really early and we really just wanted people to share their story and we also started doing you know stories hosts and live IGs because we wanted people to come and share their experience and for me of course I want stories parfums to grow and I want the business to succeed but it's more about educational I want to teach people on this journey of okay let's explore fragrance a little bit different so actually then when people start to come back and I get emails all the time and um, on our live chat on the website etc they come back 
and they start sharing their story, it's unbelievable because it's totally different to mine. But they look at my story and they go, wow, if that mean, if fragrance means that to her, what can it mean to me? And then they start to think about their own feelings and then it's not just about the past, it's about the present. It's giving people a place to stop and think mm-hmm. in their busy day. But then again, if I was to buy somebody or yourself a present, you're always going to remember me because you're, you're going to remember the person who bought you a present. The association. So you're, you're creating new memories and new stories also with fragrance. That's so we do get amazing, amazing stories of people sharing um and do you ever, I mean, it's a terrible thing to say, you said you've got other scents that you have created. Mm-hmm. Are you itching to share them just Absolutely. out of like, I've been doing these two for so long now, yes. I'd love to mix it up a bit? Yes. Well, do you know, somebody in the industry said to me, you you know, they knew I was going to, to um, work on some more scents. And they said, look, you need to think what the consumer wants. You need to find the gap in the market. And I was like, no, mm. I'm, I'm not going to do that. And I was sitting on the flight on, on the way to Paris and I was thinking, oh my gosh, maybe I should have wrote a brief because other pre- fra- fragrance houses, they write briefs and they send it to perfume houses and they create loads of different scents, send it back to the person and then they they decide if they want it or not. But I, because I worked very differently on just creating first and then waiting for a story to come, I started to panic on the way to Paris and I thought, oh my goodness, is this ever going to come? You know, or is this going to work out the same way number one and number two did? And it did. I, to put my foot down and I said, no, I want to try to see if it actually works the same way. And I did. I created another one and a, a memory and a story comes at completion. It's not on the way through as you're blending. It's always at the end. What do your four children and your husband think of what you've done? Because initially it started as a hobby and it's become a business. And I'm sure it it means that you're very busy. (laughs) Yes. Um, Do you know, my children are the first to bring me right down to ground very quickly. There's no airs and graces about, mum, you're on that or you've been seen in that magazine or anything. They are just totally, it goes over their head. I took them to Brown Thomas. We launched in their new flagships um, store in Dundrum and I took the girls in and I said look and they're like you know (laughs) and I but someday you know I have I would love them to create fragrance actually for their for the Generation Z, you know, Gen Z, at some stage. Um, so I hope they will um, be move into into loving it. Um, my husband is hugely supportive. He is a businessman himself and very, very busy, extremely busy. And not once did he snigger or laugh or say, oh my gosh, this hobby is just going to be a very expensive hobby. He 100% believed in my vision. That's and, so important yeah. though, isn't it? Because I do speak to, to some women especially that have maybe taken the time out to do yeah. that sometimes thankless job of raising the family and looking after everyone. And then it comes to that point you want to try something else and people are nearly like, oh, for goodness sake, what are you doing? Yeah, and he was very 100% supportive. And we always agreed at the beginning, now my children, you know, the youngest two are now 15, my eldest is 25, and then I have a 19-year-old. And I, so they're not, they don't need me as much. The girls still do. But we always decided um, when I started this that I was very, you know, one of us would be at home would never be relying 
uh, you know, on childminders and stuff, but that was just my own preference. Mm -hmm. So he would, even in the busyness of his day, would make sure he's there for school pickup if I'm not. And if I'm away at travelling, he'll be at home working from home, vice versa. So you're a team. We are very much 100% a team. And that's actually, you know, and I know it sounds very cliche, but I could not have done it without his his support in terms of vision and, and believing, you know, that this... There is real um, mileage in this. And you have a really strong mission and, and vision statement yeah. for... Yeah. Do you want to tell us about that? Yeah, so what we have found very quickly, we launched very... very I launched um, in 2018, and then we needed to replenish. And actually, my kids were very important to me in this journey was the sustainability, because I wanted to create... Um, you know, we want the world to survive or to thrive. We don't want it to simply survive. So I re- it was really important to me that I actually looked at this when I replenished so that is one of you know our outlook is that we would create a very transparent brand that would always have social and sustainability issues at at its forefront and we um we did replenish and we had we created a fabulous um cap which is a Zamat cap it's 100% recyclable doesn't lose any of it its properties and the recycling process plus we can reuse it so um, and we were one of the very first in the luxury fragrance world to do so so we really positioned ourselves as forerunners in bringing luxury and sustainability together because we don't see that any at the moment. It's either luxury or sustainable. Mm-hmm. So we decided to change that. Combine the two. And we did. We were um, seen by our um, the Marie Claire UK um, Sustainability Awards. We got highly commended oh, for fantastic. our efforts. So I you must re- have been very proud. So proud because I mean this was us starting small, um, and I thought you had to have it all in completion and. You know, so that's really important. And We're to be recognised by Marie Claire as well. I, I mean, they're know. just up there, aren't they, yeah. when it comes to the beauty industry? Absolutely. And... You know, so that's at the forefront, the sustainability and making sure we're going through the positive luxury at the moment, which is an accreditation, you know, that you have gone through a very rigorous process to be seen as a sustainable brand. And then we hope to be Corp to be to be our next. But we we really believe in beauty without boundaries. And, and, you know, we because we're a gender inclusive brand as well. So we really want to break some some um, preconceptions. So stories is for everyone yes everybody now tell me about the other skincare range as well as you've got your hand and body collection too we do and we launched that um at the same time because it was very important to me to create a standalone body line as well that was going to do something for your skin there's so many people um that actually um so many fragrance houses that create a body line and it's only a base moisturizer with a scent but mine, I wanted to actually transform your skin. We've won awards for this as well, which is amazing. And the testers for the Beauty Bible Awards said it transformed their skin. And um, in the, the you know little um, bumps on your arms, etc. They left. Really. So I that was what I wanted to do, and I worked very closely um, with a, a local um, company and a, a chem who had a chemist to create something that was more nutritious for your skin. But another way was, you know, layering. People would have said to me, um, you know, why does the fragrance not last on my skin? And it's down to two things. The strength of the fragrance, which ours are all eau de parfum, which are really good strength and long lasting. But also if you've dry skin, it actually, the molecules in the fragrance don't cling to your skin. 
So I wanted a... Gosh, a, I didn't know yeah. that. I learn something new every day. Um, so the, the idea of preparing your skin before you spray, but also you can mix it up. So there's a beautiful veil of scent on the Hand and Body Wash and Lotion. And um, you can wear it on your own if you don't want to wear fragrance. But you can wear number one body lotion and wear number two fragrance. Ooh, mix it up a little. Yes. And so does that give a very different it scent. does it'll make a very distinct and because of our sense of smell and our memory bank again what you smell is very bespoke and unique to you so when you do it with your body line also it becomes a very a much more unique it's scent. an incredible story and you know what comes across is you're so passionate about what you do what would you say has been your biggest challenge so I think definitely being self-financed. It is really, really extremely hard to build a, a brand, a global brand um, with very tight budgets, but we've managed to date, which has been great. I think the challenge to date would be more the sustainability line because we need to have the whole chain having the same sustainability values and social values as us. So we won't work with anybody and from we've uh, we decided that from the outset if they don't follow the same um, and that's very difficult because everything is outsourced in mass bulk and then um, you, it, uh, you're creating small lines of things in a very minimum order quantities so that means it's very hard to make dis- the right decisions so I would say if the sustainability chain <laughs> was a lot more efficient it would be far easier. Would you ever fancy being a master perfumer yourself? Uh, well, the answer to that is no, because you, you do need to go and study. And it is, you know, you need your chemistry, you need maths. It's very much a scientific um, creation. So I was not good at maths or science. No, neither was I. I was uh, thinking that, that might be my next chapter because it sounds gorgeous. But, but no. that's why I love working with the girl I do, because she... She gets me. She she's actually a master's in um, perfumery. Oh, where is she based then? She's in she's in France. So she lives in Paris. She works in Grasse. What a beautiful oh. life! But and she's Russian. So she's the most beautiful, beautiful girl. But she gets what I want so to do. So it's the original person it's the you original, went over to. Ah. And I will continue to work with her because she gets everything. Mm-hmm. She knows I want to work on my own and just create my own. And um, she sees it as an art, one hundred percent. Um, apart from your wonderful accolade with Marie Claire, you're highly commended. Um, what are you most proud of? So I am proud of, and I was trying to think of it, there's so many things that I am proud of, but I think it's been able to tell my story um, and tell it well. And um, the trauma that happened to me silenced me for many years. And I felt I didn't have a story and I felt I didn't have a voice. And actually, I now want to do that for other people. I want to, so we, as I said earlier, we want to do the stories host. So we, we invite people to come and tell their story. And that is because I want to empower people. And I, I believe that's my most pride. It's I, I'm so proud of the line that I've created. I'm so proud of the stores we're in and, you know, the plans that we have. But actually turning something that was so negative in my life and turning it into a positive finding my story, finding my voice, and now in turn being able to help others do the same. 
It's a beautiful story. Um, lastly, do you want to tell our listeners how they can purchase your products? Yes. So www.storiespuffams.com. And it's not perfumes. It's the French parfums. <laughs> it's very hard, but I'm sure we'll get it up there somewhere. Um, and they, you can go on there. All our stockists, etc., are on the website. Um, and they will be able to pop into store if they can. If not, they can get samples via our websites. Now, Tonya, this is the question we ask everyone. The purpose of this podcast is to inspire existing business owners and ambitious entrepreneurs to grow their business by offering insight into the success of businesses such as Stories Parfums. What advice would you give, though, to people who may have that business idea but have no idea where to begin or are unsure as to whether the risk is worth taking? I would say, listen, look at my story. I mean, whoever thought that somebody from Northern Ireland who had gone through a, a really traumatic um, childhood could have turned this around. And, you know, people actually, when I talk to them and tell the story, go, what do you mean you just did that? You just walked into a PR company? That doesn't happen. And I, oh, does it not? Because I think that naivety and that real passion and that desire. So if you believe in your product, if you believe in your service, and you have that passion and that drive, I would say go for it. Start small. As I said to you, we're still sitting with the same products as we did three years ago. So start small, tell your story, be a founder, be at the forefront of your brand. It took me a long time to find my voice and to step out. And I, I know I'm so thankful that I did. So I would say absolutely follow your passion. And if you have it, go move forward. Tonya Kidbegs, creative director and founder of Stories Parfums on the Public Eye podcast. Thank you. Thank you so much. Sarah. And we'll see you next time. Thank you. This podcast was recorded in Granite Podcast Studio. Interested in starting up your own podcast but don't know how? Granite Podcast Studio can help. Record your podcast in our state-of-the-art studio, which is based in the heart of Newry City. Our studio has cutting-edge and user-friendly technology and can seat up to four people. We also provide an editing service for our team using your guidance and editing notes to provide you with a flawless finished product, leaving your listeners wanting more. For more information on how you can get started, visit www.granitepodcaststudio.com.